Good evening. Today is Tuesday, June 20th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week chapter or step is the prefaces, forewords, and stories. And our speaker tonight is Judy. Thank you, Judy. Yay, everybody. Thank you. I'm Judy, compulsive overeater. Really glad, glad to be here. Glad to be here. Uh, yeah, I want to thank Victoria for asking me to come. And then I want to thank Leslie over there in the little Zoom blog thing. Uh, my dearest, beloved, forever long-term friend <laughs> that saw me when I was in the throes of this disease uh, over 40 years ago. So, um, yeah, really a blessing to be here. Uh, you know, I, I thought I got all mixed up because I thought I was supposed to pick a chapter. So I picked window of opportunity and I had all these notes and that's not what we're doing tonight. So that's kind of funny. Um, yeah, I just got over COVID. I came back Actually, from vacation. It is. I'm sorry. It is what we're Yeah. You share on the chapter that you pick the story. Absolutely. Oh. That's what you're sharing on Judy. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. So now let me back it up again. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll share on that story, window of opportunity. Uh, anyhow, so yeah, so I'm I'm Judy Compulsive Overeater. I'm a 36-stepper. I'm in three programs. I have uh, 38 years and seven months in this program of continuous abstinence. I came in in the early 70s. If you do the math, it took me a minute to get here. Uh, I was on gray sheet uh, early on when I came in in the early 70s. I had a little house in Manhattan Beach. I came out here from Pennsylvania. Everything was going to be different. And that was like a big geographic. I got a house, had a little family. And of course, I was in the throes of this disease. You know, um, this is why like that I loved. Well, first of all, yeah. So I'm also I'm bulimic. I'm bulimic purge. I'm bulimic nod purge. I'm anorexic. So every part of the disease I I was in. And at the root of it, I really love what we read because it, early on, because it was, it is a spiritual malady. You know, I have a physical allergy. I have an obsession of the mind and I have a spiritual malady. And to this day, with all this time, I have an obsession of the mind. I have a spiritual malady and I have a physical allergy. So for me, um, this this faith I've had in a higher power, because my belief has changed over, over all this time, but my faith has always stayed. And I am really grateful for that. And thank God we didn't, thank God, my higher power, I didn't have to have like a, an assigned higher power. Thank God that what this requires, the program requires one thing, and this has always helped me so much. There is one requirement. And if this scares you, that's okay. Because here's the requirement. A desire. You know, oh, what an order. I can't go through with it. A desire. That's pretty powerful, right? You know, the spirit of welcome. that We welcome each other in. Um, uh, it, we talk about our, I talk about my experience, strength, and hope. Um, because that's what I have. 
you know, the traditions allow me to not have be allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization. That I've held steady because in this program, I want people to come, no matter what their beliefs are, no matter what they think, no matter across the board, all diversity, we are all welcome in terms of me. This has helped me in my program because my requirement is a desire. And on a daily basis, knock wood, I've continued to have a desire. And I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful how the program is set up. Um, yeah, so, you know, I have a food plan. I eat three meals a day, nothing in between. I have a, it's like a menu of choices I have that I can eat from and it's nurturing and loving. And, uh, um, and I have a sponsor, just like some of the basics that if I'm going to change my food plan or anything, I, I have to call her and talk to her before I do that. Um, you know, I keep the program wherever I go, uh, when I travel, when I'm with my grandkids, wherever I go in the world, keep the same program. I don't like change it up and decide I'm somewhere, so I'm going to change it up. But anyhow, so window of opportunity. I really love this because she talks about getting sober in college. And uh, it's page 421. And um, she she talks about as she grew older, she had a plan. I would be dutiful until I graduated from high school. Uh, and then I would escape to college, secure my future, and never go home again. And then she talks about leaving for college and this rude awakening. She talks about also um, how she was a performer in crowds, always funny. Um, she talks about when she went to college, she filled people who had also spent their entire lives on top of their academic classes. Um, and then how she started to fail. And these things that she was identified with, uh, she started to lose. She talks about one thing I really love on page 423 is she says, I realize how it is the one of the primary differences between alcoholics or compulsive readers and non-compulsive readers is that the people that are not compulsive readers change their behavior to meet their goals and compulsive readers change their goals to meet their behavior. Like when I was very young, you know, I came out here, I did a geographic, I I knew that I could I knew that my whole life I was obsessed with food like when I was in college, you know, or even as a little kid, I would I would just get so obsessed with certain food groups. <laughs> like I, my memories are of food, like when I remember the bake sale at school and I remember what they were giving at the bake sale and how I felt about it. Now, do I re remember great teachers and all that? Not really. <laughs> You know, my boyfriends, I remember they took me for fondue. That was that one boyfriend. <laughs> we just go crazy, right? And I remember I was thinking about how, uh, you know, I did this geographic. You know, I went through college. I moved out here. It was all going to be different. And then I, I was thinking about how early on, you know, I, I was I was thinking about how, you know, I was always making jokes and the clown and I'm, I'm still really funny. I think I'm funny, but I think life's funny, by the way, um, in a dark way sometimes. But anyhow, I was thinking about like I was always like, you know, just trying to get that hit of like 
fun and good feelings and with food and everything else in my life. I always wanted it to be over the top, you know? And in my family, we communicated through food. You know, if you didn't like food, people were enraged at you. If somebody made you something and you didn't like it, you, you I mean, there was like rage, right? My mom, once at Thanksgiving dinner, got so mad because everybody wasn't complimenting her. She took the entire turkey and she threw it out into the snow. The whole turkey, you know, she was so mad. <laughs> if you don't like this turkey, you know, and then fast forward when I got abstinent, I had to, like, I had to tell my family, we can't, I can't communicate through food. I have to communicate directly. Like if I'm upset or if I love you, I can no longer use food as the mechanism to live my entire life, to communicate love, discomfort. But I remembered, you know, I remembered like when I was in college and how I had on this like white jumpsuit, tight. And I remember how tight it was. I was so proud of my body. And we all went to this big party and I thought, I'm going to make a big splash here and show everybody how funny I am. I jumped into a, uh, I, it was at Slippery Rock College, and I jumped into a quarry off of a cliff. And it was dark. I mean, this, is, this was kind of where my compulsion, obsession, my preoccupation, my need to feel good, food and everything else happened. And then I think fast forward when I was a young woman, I moved out here. So I'm in the white jumpsuit, right? And I'm very young. And Leslie knew me during these days where I had another white jumpsuit. And he's 10 years later or something. <laughs> and my white jumpsuit's all tight. And, you know, back to like thinking about my body. Like I had such a body obsession. I wanted my body to look a certain way. Uh, I'm 71 years old right now. You know, I'm so grateful that that for the last 30 what 38 years I haven't had to live in that obsession. You know, I haven't had to live with the preoccupation of food. Um, but when I just think about those times, you know, when I was when I was in the throes of the disease and and uh and and didn't know how to be like one of many, you know, just like a person among people. And my first job in abstinence, I was actually working uh well, anyhow, I was working somewhere and I really learned how to be like a worker among workers and not like a status seeker and have to have attention and important and have a body that would just knock anybody's socks off. And for that, I'm so eternally grateful. You know, um, you know, I just feel like this program stays steady through the good, the bad and the ugly. And when I look at this person that talks about these windows of opportunity, how many times people tried to reach out and help me. And Leslie was one early on where I had gone. I This was 30, 40 years ago. I went back to Pennsylvania to my hometown and I, I considered myself abstinent, even though I wasn't going to meetings. I had no program. I was like a, just like a dry, 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 crispy just out there denial about my eating disorder. And I remember uh, Leslie and I were having dinner and I was getting ready to fly back to Pennsylvania to see my family. And, and this was a window of opportunity. You know, Leslie, we were having this dinner and I started binging and then I binged on the plane and I binged when I went home and I threw up and I 
ate myself through that trip because there was a lot of painful stuff going on in my family. Uh, and binging was my mechanism of fixing it. And when I came back, I told Leslie, I said, Leslie, you know, I'm, I'm still abstinent. Um, I vomited, but I just vomited a little bit of broccoli, but I'm abstinent. And she said to me, you're a liar. You're not abstinent. And, and that was a real turning point. You know, it was one of my turning points. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. So it's like I can't have my cake and eat it too. I can't have the world as I see it through these this delusional denial disease of mine. And so what happened is I came, you know, I came back into OA. I committed. I've had commitments since I came back. I've had great miracles happen um, since I came back into the program as a result of the program. You know, I've been through a lot. Uh, as anybody has that's 71 years old, you know, with uh, life on life's terms. But the thing that's been consistent for me has been this program. And and during turning points, when, you know, when the rubber hit the road and things happened that I would have eaten over, I just did the basics. I reached out. I have a sponsor. I sponsor women. Um, you know, during the pandemic, I I was having I was starting on Zoom to not identify. I was starting to turn down the volume when I didn't like what someone was sharing. I was starting, I was multitasking, you know, I was doing like so many things. I wasn't identifying. And so to me, for me. And I think Zoom is amazing. I'm so glad we have it. But what happened to me is I thought, okay, what what's what are the basics here? What are you supposed to do? You're not identifying. You need to do something, Judy. You need to take action. And this is like, you know, six and seven, right? I'm looking at first three steps. I'm powerless, which I love first three steps because I'm powerless. I don't have a choice. I'm powerless. I'm powerless over session, compulsion, food, la, 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 la you know, feeling less than, feeling different, feeling isolated. I'm told isolated or you might die. Ah, <laughs> it's like, that is not something I like anymore. Isolation for this girl is not a good idea. You know, so here I am like feeling like, oh, you know, I'm isolated. I'm different. I can't believe it. I'm just going to turn I'm just going to put a post it over that person's face because I can't hear this one more time. This is not good. This is resentment-packed judgment, don't identify, leading me to going to the refrigerator and weighing 40 more pounds in about two weeks. Doesn't It's not pretty. I know where this goes. Follow the first bite through, right? So what I did is I started a meeting. I went over to church. They, they, I, I were outside. I said, let's have, I'll start an, a, a touch-free meeting We'll meet outside, six feet apart. We'll sit, everybody bring their own stuff so no one has to touch anybody. We'll all wear masks. And I, I just went over there. You know, I told a couple people and a couple people turned up and and that meeting's still going strong. And, you know, it's, it's going strong. And all of a sudden, oh, I'm in love with the program. I love people. You know, a sign for me when I start not liking people, I know I'm kind of in pre-trouble. Five more minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, that's what I've been taught. It's like, 
There's always a solution, Judy. Check it out. Ask somebody. No matter what happens, there is always a solution. I don't care if I have a toe disorder, which I've had, fungus on the toe, always a solution. Somebody is going to help you. You know, my husband had a stroke. Here I am. You know, it's the pandemic, right? Husband has a stroke. Can't have anybody come home. The kids can't help. Nobody can visit the hospital. One person during the day. You have to to stay there all day. He can't walk. He can't talk. You know, the guy looks like, I mean, the guy's healthy. He eats lentils all the time. I don't understand it, but that's what he does. Five minutes. Five more minutes, right? Yeah. Or am I done? Yeah. Okay. Four minutes. Yeah. Four minutes. Yeah. So, so here, you know, so what happens is like, I can't have people come over to my house and sit with me and bring me to my house. But, you know, God carried me through back to what we just read, the agnostics, God carried me through. I I was able to show up for him. I was able to go to the hospital. Uh, I was able to help him rehab. Uh, there we have it, right? People sending food to my house at night. Uh, Leslie Elwood showing up outside for my birthday, uh, you know, with a bunch of people in cars. I mean, come on. Is that God or what? You know, that's God to me. You know, people reaching out, people showing up. Um. You know, I I stayed abstinent through it, stayed close with my sponsor, worked the steps 11 and 12 every night. I would pray to God, 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 guide me, talk to me, tell me, what am I supposed to do? You know, where, where do you want me to be? How, how can I be in this time? And that has helped me, you know, 11 and 12, I wake up at night sometimes at three in the morning and I have a problem, and I say to God, okay, God, go ahead. You tell me. Talk to me. Let me listen. Let me be in the spirit of listening. And then, and then, and then something comes to me. And I and I think this is one last important thing because I have been told if you, you know, like when you don't feel like going to a meeting, that means you better get your butt going to a meeting. I've been told take opposite action. So I'm laying there in bed, it's late at night, and I'm like, I can't beat this obsession and something happened in my family a few years ago i just couldn't beat it this person's bad shame on them they should get punished god no okay god tell me what to do you know because that's like not a good one either i don't want to be that the the hater that hates the haters because that means i'm a hater no matter how bad they are i got to find a different way so i'm praying to god tell me because this person's like really bad if i told you what the person did you'd all a great bad person. So <laughs> what should I do? And then I thought, you know, do something like completely opposite of what you could ever dream of. And I signed up at Santa Monica College to learn how to speak Korean. I go there every morning. It's hysterical. You know, I'm, I'm, they called me a, what is it? Some, some kind of a fancy word for old person. Uh, alternative learner, or I don't know. I said, I'm not an alternative learner. I'm just regular person. I said, no, you're basically old person. But anyhow, you know, I went there and I swear to God, it was the best thing. Cause when I would wake up at three in the morning and think about this bad person, 
I would practice my Korean. That is a miracle. And I almost failed the class and the teacher took me out in the hallway and she said, you're one point away from failing. I don't know what to do here. Should I, what should we do? I said, give me an extra credit because I need to pass this thing. I'm not going to fail. I want to pass. And so <laughs> she was really sweet. She gave me a little, she let me talk to her in Korean for a minute. I passed. I'm really grateful to be here. There's great miracles. The whole planet, there's a whole planet out there. I've been to meetings in Korea, uh, you know, Austria, Croatia, meetings all over the world, China. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Judy, for sharing, um, getting the meeting started. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to um, the chapter that Judy chose or anything else tonight. Uh, if the stories are there, we can share on other things. So we ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. And if you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or you you can push star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host uh, will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. With the timekeeper, set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up. And if the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Oh, that must be a typo. I think uh, the leader calls on people. so. Uh, Debbie is up. Hi. So I've been off camera because I was eating my dinner and I didn't think you wanted to watch me. Um, I came to this meeting because I was on, I, I logged on to another meeting that had been canceled. I can't see you with my glasses on. And Diva, who I've never met, was also on there, and she said, I know of another meeting, and so she sent me over here. I have no idea how I got here, but I would like to figure out how to get back next week, but I just wanted to say that I was meant to be on this meeting tonight. You're, now I can't see your name. Judy, you are awesome. <laughs> I love how even when you were talking about difficult things, you were still laughing, and Anyway, I, I don't have anything much to share except for that I am so grateful that I got to hear your share tonight and I got to be on this meeting with you because I loved everything that you said and I resonated with it. And even the times when you said you didn't go to meetings or you were not wanting to hear this person or that person and I have felt that and this is one of those meetings where I'm just so glad to be here. So with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thanks, Debbie, and welcome to the meeting. Glad you found us. Uh, Leslie's up next. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, geez, this is so great. Wow. Thank you so much. Oh, I haven't heard your story in a long time, and I'm just so grateful to be here tonight to hear you and be with my people. Um, I love that reference you made to being up in the middle of the night and asking God, um, what are you trying to tell me? 
I think it was Donnie Scott who gave us that. I, I don't even remember now, but what are you trying to tell me? I'm too busy during the day to hear and then to just wait for the answer to come when I'm when I'm sleepless in Seattle or anywhere else. And um, so I thank you for that reminder. Um, and then I just I just have to say, I don't remember the white lycra. I remember the red lycra. And skin tight. And we go out dancing on Pico Boulevard for anybody who's from Los Angeles. Pico Boulevard, we are the only two white people in the club. There's like three or four hundred people dancing to disco. And there we are in all our glory. And God, we were, I think we were in our 20s, you know, or mid, mid 20s. So to see you and to know that you got it, you know, I, I have tried so many times to get what you've had all these years and I, I could not get it. And we just kept coming back, coming back, coming back. And I'd get it for a minute and then I'd lose it and get it and lose it. And I, I believe I've, I have a, I, I'm in a, I'm in a state of grace. That's all I know. I don't know if this is forever, but I know I'm in a state of grace for the almost the last two years. And when I called you and I said, Judy, you know, I can't believe I was so dense that you gave up gluten and that's how you did this. And then two years ago, I finally gave it up. And that's how I'm doing this, among many other things. But, you know, you never proselytized. You never told me what to do. You never uh, told me that I was doing it wrong. You just sat and you were loving and kind to me and always my best friend. And I will be forever grateful to you for you. I love you so much, Judy. I love you so much. Thank you for sharing. Thanks, Leslie. Meredith is up next. Hey, guys. Um, Meredith B. in Nashville, Tennessee. Sorry, I had, a, I had to let my dog out. Um, I'm back. Um, wow, Judy, I got a little bird told me that you were speaking to, <laughs> speaking tonight and um I left an, another meeting just only because I had heard that speaker before and I'm so glad I heard you um I definitely needed to hear your message um I've been picking up a lot lately on well people's um ESH on relapse um not in relapse, thank God. But um, it can get scary out here. And um, I'm glad that you said things like take opposite actions. And um, when I start hating people, <laughs> oh gosh, I just thank you for your for your honesty. Um, yeah, uh, I'm grateful to hear your message tonight and awesome laugh. It's great to, great to meet you. Thanks, Judy. I'll pass. Thanks, Meredith. Deva's up next. 
Hi, I'm Deva. I'm a compulsive eater and anorexic. So glad to be here. Thank you, Sherry, for hosting. And Judy, uh, adore you and your lead. And um, yeah, I popped over to that other link that I had and Debbie was there. We were both the only ones who were like, well, I guess this isn't happening. I gave her this link and oh my God, what a gunshot. Um, so something um, that I heard um, that was really, really helpful was, um, you know, changing my behavior to meet my goals. Like that's the adult thing to do, but my disease changes my goals to meet my behavior. Wow. Wow. Um, and, you know, I've been here uh, almost 30 years. I'm a hundred pounder. I've lost hundred pounds or more, but I also qualify as an anorexic, which has been quite an interesting road. Um, relapsed in anorexia during the pandemic and um, trying to and I've come a long way, like really beefed up on a lot of tools, OA, AB meetings, other outside um, sources. But the solution is the same. Like the big book doesn't fail regardless, you know, different, <clears throat> different symptom, but same solution. So it all comes down to God. Like how much am I surrendering or how much am I rearranging my goals to you know, uh, satisfy my behavior of the disease. So <clears throat> that really got me. Thank you, Judy. And, um, I love, um, this program. I love that the solution never fails. I love, um, that, um, it's really about surrender. You know, I've heard that, um, Surrender takes a lot of work. It's not just sitting on a mountaintop here, God. Like the surrender that I've gotten is by taking a lot of action, doing things. You know, one of my sponsors used to say, take a lot of action you don't yet believe in. And um, so I'm super grateful to be here. And thank God, Judy, you started that outdoor meeting because I was like Zoom checking out. And as soon as I got my ass to your meeting, and I didn't know how much I was deprived of um, hearing things out of mono and in stereo, like everyone's saying the serenity prayer in stereo again. And um really glad I'm here. And thanks everyone for coming and sharing your recovery. It helps me. Thanks, Deva. Uh, Stacy. Hi, I'm Stacy. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. I um I just wanted to say hi. I don't speak at meetings that often. Um, let me just put on gallery view so I can see everybody. But um thank you so much. Um I just love hearing everybody and everything. I um have an have a new sponsor who's actually an old sponsor I reconnected with, and I'm just so happy to work with her again. I, I really am. I'm a constant forgetter. I'm just a constant forgetter. And um, just to have the reminder of constantly like turning to a power greater than myself. Like I constantly forget that. And I'm so, so appreciative to now work so closely with another person who's so generous in, in sharing how she does that 
and reminding me to constantly do that. Um, you know, that my goal of working this program, working these steps is not, um, you know, it's not about the food. It's about that conscious contact with a power greater than myself. And thank God the food is good and it's down and it's clean. Um, but, but, um, that's not my main goal. Like my main goal is to have that conscious contact with the higher powers. So, um, Anyway, thank you for letting me share. Thank you for all of your shares. I get so much from everybody and uh, that's it. Thanks. Thanks, Stacy. Anyone else want to share? Hi, I'm Chanel and I'm a grateful composer leader. Apologies for the camera being off. Judy, wow. How have I not heard you share before? That's kind of shocking to me. 38 years. Wow. Like I was just thinking like, what was I doing 38 years? Cause I was definitely not in recovery uh, until pretty recently. And um, that's, that gives me a lot of hope when I hear of people, you know, whatever it takes for someone to stay in program, um, whether it's perfect abstinence, if there is such a thing or not. I just, I love that. I love how you talked about when you stopped liking people, like having to take contractory action on that. And um, that part in the, in the story that you referenced, where it's one of the primary differences between alcoholics and non-alcoholics is that I'm on page 423, I think is that non-alcoholics change their behavior to meet their goals and alcoholics change their goals to meet their behavior. And I too find that just, <laughs> it's like, it's just speaking directly to me. So anyway, thank you so much for your powerful share. It was very meaningful for me and I appreciate you. And that's all I have. Thanks Chanel. And uh, we will now stop the recording for unrecording questions or shares.